I'm Kay Janes, and this is the podcast where we talk about your adult child and how to raise them so you don't have to raise your grandkids. Check us out at allgrownup.com or on Instagram at youradultchild. All right, good morning, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm Kay Janes, and I'm here with Shona Watson again this morning. And if my voice sounds a little different, it's because I haven't felt 100% the last two days, so... This is actually the only time I can kind of sing. Did you know that? When my yeah, when I don't feel when my voice gets a little deeper from deeper from feeling sick. Yeah, That's I can. <laughs> yeah, I can. For some reason, I can hit notes that I can't hit normally. <laughs> so I always like to sing when I don't feel good. Um, I'm going to share a story to start us off that might be familiar to everybody, and it's something I experienced the last two weeks. I found myself in the last two weeks exhausted. Mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, and what is other ways are there? Psychologically. Yeah, it fits in the other. Is others. that all of them? Yeah. yeah like I, I, in other words, every one of my gas tanks was on empty. And there's still a lot that needs to be done. And there's a lot of good things happening. But there's a lot of stuff ahead that I need energy for. And these last couple of weeks, I was on zero. So if anybody listening, I, I'm sure most of you have experienced this. But today's topic and what we're going to look at is what do you what do you do and what are some principles that can help when your gas tank's on empty and there's still a lot to do. Right? So I'm sure you've experienced this before. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We <laughs> talked a little bit earlier. Right now is not one of those times, right? Like you're feeling a little bit of energy right now. Yeah. And... um so anyways, we're going to, instead of us doing a list of things that, oh, this is what we do to help fill our gas tanks. Because I, I actually hate it when people give me their solutions to my problems. <laughs> right? That, that You know what? That might be one of the best things we say this whole podcast is don't try to ramrod your solutions into other people's problems. You know, So mm-hmm. what we're going to do today is ask some questions that might uh, um, help someone evaluate why their tanks are empty, and then we'll share a couple principles that can be applied to just this scenario in particular. So Yeah, because I've just noticed in talking with people, a lot of women, because obviously I, I speak with a lot of uh, moms and women, but just in general, a lot of people, and I have felt this before, where they're just done, yeah, like truly done. and And so... You know, thinking a lot about like, you know, next life is sounding pretty good right now. Oh, yeah. right? So I'm just going to be really honest. Like a lot of the thoughts in my day were like, can I just be done, please? Like yeah. almost like um, I really just wanted to be out of here. And and I know there's a lot of women that are feeling that same way. And yeah. I just there are a lot of conversations that's come up. And then I just spoke with another woman yesterday um, that she has had multiple women that she interacts with and is friends with that have actually been um, institutionalized to the point for for, yeah. feel, for feeling suicidal. And so I think there's just a lot of things that are depleting us. And I, I don't even know for sure what we're going to say today, except for I do know that this is just something that needs to be spoken into a little bit. One, so if you are feeling this way or have felt this way recently, you're not alone. Yeah, absolutely. So Yeah, I think that's great. And, let's, and I think what we got to do to start off with is let's just do a couple questions to help people self-evaluate, including, you know, and that includes us. The first one is, is usually when we're depleted, that means one or multiple things are getting a lot of our energy. 
probably a disproportionate amount. And there's times where uh, one of our church leaders brought this up. There's no such thing as true balance in the sense that everything's going to get an equal amount of time and energy. Because that thought, when we keep trying to strive for yeah. that perfect balance, can bring a lot of stress. Absolutely. That increases stress, yeah. right? So balance, when we talk about balance, it's more of, are you aware of the different parts of your life? And does something need to get a little less time? And do some things need to get a little more time right now? It's a very uh, it's a very right now question. So everybody that's listening, when you think about right now in your life, what is getting too much of your time? And what is something that could probably use a little bit more of your time right now, right? So um, if you're going to work today, you need to spend time and energy and focus on work when you're at work today. But when you leave work, what does that look like? And I know for me, that's one thing that's drained me the most is work. There's not a clear delineator between work and home. You know, anybody who owns a business, that's it's really hard actually to do that. But it's just a question to consider. I know personally the things I do when I get home that make me keep thinking about work. I also know the things I can do personally that will help me draw a clear line between the two. Right? Yeah. There's actual physical things I do that make a difference whether a simple example for all of us is, okay, what happens with the phone you use at work when you get home? Right? And if it's set aside... Or if it's in your pocket, you're going to get different res- It's going to create a different experience for you. So that's just one example to consider. Well, and as a mom, uh-huh. that line becomes even cloudier. When yeah. is my work, <laughs> leaving my work yeah. at work, if my work's at home, my kids? Um, yeah. That, it's a you know what hard. that makes me think of too with that question we started off with? Which one of my kids is getting too much of my time? And which one's not getting enough? And by the way, the same goes to work. Um, there's an old saying that, of the people at work take 80% of the boss's time. And there's a reason for that. And families are structured a little similar too. So do you know that they found across the board in companies, they they call it the the 20-60-20 rule. Have you ever heard that one before? And it happens in our personal life too. So in a company, there's the top 20% of employees that do actually 80% of the work. So Mm -hmm. these are your people. Like these are your people who do things without asking, they work hard, they literally do 80% of the work. The big chunk in the middle is the 60%, and they do just enough to not get fired. So in families, you'll see something similar. There's the 20% that do 80% of the work, and then you got the family members who do just enough to (laughs) not get fired, right? Or not make mom mad or whatever it is. The bottom 20% cause problems. So they actually hurt your company or your family. And that top, that bottom 20%, they get the majority of the boss's time and energy because they're causing problems. So you can't do this at home, but a good company principle is hire slow, fire fast. Dealing with those numbers. And you do your best to get the middle 60 to move up to the top 20. And you make sure the top 20 is being validated. So the reason I bring that up in a family is how many times has the kid with the problems taken all of the parent's energy and the good kid, nothing. Because they don't need anything. They're doing their own stuff. So one of the things that might be causing your tank to be empty is are there individual is that bottom 20% getting 80% of your time? Because if they are, they'll be sucking you dry. Right? And there are times where it's time to say to your kid that always needs, hey, I you need to sit aside. I'm gonna spend some time with this this other kid. 
By the way, if you haven't done that before, watch how your kids will react. It really rocks them. The one that you never hang out with because they're always doing good will be like, wait, what, you what? Like you, wait, you have time to hear how I'm doing? Or, you know I mean? You want, you want to spend time with me? Well, what about Jimmy? Because you're always hanging out with him. Is he going to be okay with this? So that's an interesting thing. Any thoughts around that? Just agree. We have a tendency to worry about the one kid that kind of yeah. preoccupies our mind um, the most. And so being mindful and very intentional to purposely spend time with the other yes. kids help you be a little more balanced in your worry over which we, yeah. know, we've talked about. But um, Well, and the way to do that is boundaries. So you can set clear boundaries with your... Like our needy kid, we found out there were certain things and certain times of day she wanted and needed things that exhausted us. And so we just put some boundaries around it. We saw it. We just kind of assessed, okay, when is she the neediest? When is she the hardest to be around? Okay, what do we need to do adjustment-wise so that that's not going to keep happening, Mm -hmm. right? And again, this is where parents can get trapped, especially amazing moms who like to nurture. Remember, nurture plus worry equals problems. And some moms and and dads, I mean, if, well, this is another thing too we need to maybe spend some time on someday. But if an adult doesn't have other healthy adult relationships in their life, there becomes an imbalance with their relationship with their kid. And so they won't create healthy boundaries because the relationship with the kid is compensating for lack of other healthy adult relationships in that person's life. So if you're listening right now and that hit home, something for you to consider is this. Who are other adults that you could and should spend time with more often to help uplift you? And in what ways do you need to adjust your relationship with your child where your child's playing a role in your life that they shouldn't be playing? So just something to consider and think about. And that's on different levels. I mean, some people, it's crazy (laughs) how far that's gotten. And other people, they're just kind of leaning into that a little bit where they can make some small adjustments. Okay, good. Other principles on, and I asked asked some of these questions earlier. Um, If you're feeling exhausted right now, some other questions to consider is how many things do you, well, first we talked about this. Back in the day, most things people did were essential. Right. If you had to go get water from the well, that was essential. If you had to go make sure there's not animals eating your crops, that was all essential work. Like it kept you alive. And when we do essential things, there's a different feeling to it. It actually creates energy. It it feels good to bring the water into the house that you know you needed. Right. Mm-hmm. So it feels good to keep the crops alive and to go do hard work so that you can survive and protect your family and do all that. Well, most of those things, we don't have to worry. I can't remember. I've never worried about water in my entire life. I think I went on a camp out once that my canteen was getting a little low. <laughs> but my scoutmaster had a big can, right? Like, so I, I don't know. You know, we you haven't, haven't had to filter water, Kate? No, I've done it oh. before. I've done it before, but I've never, um, I've never worried where am I going to get water. You oh. know what I mean? I've, and I've been hungry before, but I've never, other than college, there was a few times I was so broke, but I knew I could go to somebody's apartment they would make me dinner or whatever but I've never I've never worried about where am I going to get my next meal and most of us that live in this kind of setting there's a lot of stuff I've never worried about getting somewhere either because transportation's available so 
Well, it's true. Like even backpacking, my mom got us into backpacking a lot, but you wondering where you're going to find water. Uh And then when you actually do all that work to filter, it's easier now than it was 20 years ago. (laughs) But uh, you feel so satisfied at looking at that full thing of water, which I was joking with my daughter-in-law last night. Why is even just drinking water now so hard? Like, oh, I have to drink a lot of water because it's so important for all the things every day for the rest of my life. And we were laughing at how like, Hopeless irritated, and yeah. <laughs> I'm so irritated. I have to drink the water. Well, you know why? Because it's flipped. So, especially in America, for the last 50 to 80 years, we've worked so hard at creating comforts. We've worked so hard at getting rid of anything hard so that we can just consume. And that's that's the thing is we are irritated by things we can't consume. You know, and water is even, you would, you know, it's like, oh, I got to drink my water. So if you're, if you and your kid's life is spent around, Maddie and I have talked about this and we've caught ourselves in this. If you're, if your life is full of stuff that's not essential, then you're probably pretty stressed and worried and not getting much satisfaction out of it. Right. Cause like you said, all that work you had to do, it equated to a high level of satisfaction. Mm-hmm. right like oh this is awesome most things we do do not produce that kind of satisfaction and so what we want to start looking at is how much of our lives is doing non-essential things right mm-hmm. and then how much of it is essential greg McEwen is his name i think mm-hmm. he's written books on essentialism Essential. yeah he's I've... a new one too i can't remember what it's called yeah, and that's a great resource greg McEwen. is that how you pronounce it McEwen? i think it is he's an english guy um, but if you look him up, you can find him. He's all over the web. Uh, but essentialism, there's some really amazing principles in that where if you get just back to the essential things. Everybody's had that experience where you've taken your room and gone through it and you just got rid of the crap you didn't need. And you just had the, you know, just mem- and just think about how that feels. Well, you can do that with every aspect of your life. It's not just cleaning your room. It can be the things that you're worried about and that you're doing. Because yeah, I think the reminder, especially we get... We don't actually have to do anything. Mm -mm. And especially moms will push back. What do you mean? I have to get up and feed my kids. I have to. You don't even actually. Yeah, you don't have to do that. And I've watched a lot of women be coached on this. And it's always interesting and funny to watch. I I did the same thing. But oh, no. Like complete disagreements all the way to the point of, oh, I actually really don't have to do any of this. I could just choose to not get up and sit in my bed. And for some of us, that's, you know, that's not acceptable. That's not whatever. But to get to the place where, no, you actually don't have to do anything. Your worth's not going to change. Your value as a human being isn't going to change. But leaning into a little bit, because there's so many, I need to, I have to, I have to, I have to. And that constant um, feeling of those beliefs nagging on us in that way will just chip away at you. You know, even you've coached me on uh, family scripture study or whatever. And then the, I have to do this and it has to look a certain way. All of those things can really start to chip away at us. And so I think getting to a place of, I don't actually have to do it. And then coming from a different approach of, I'm choosing to do this and this. um, So, you know, you just brought up, and I think this is a good kind of way to wrap this up today. A thought around this thing. COVID showed us there's a lot of stuff we don't have to do. And so there's a, there's, this is a two-sided coin because I love what you're saying. We don't have, my, by the way, you know what my dad used to say when we said, do I have to do that? He'd say, all you have to do is die. 
And we'd be like, we'd do the same thing. We're like, wait, what? I have to breathe. He's like, no, you don't. (laughs) (laughs) The world has actually kind of been rocked and there's a lot of despair right now because during COVID, we found out the stuff we thought was mattered and important and created certain things, it all got rocked. All of a sudden, all these things that we did to feel good about ourselves and to act like we mattered, we couldn't do a lot of those things anymore. And we didn't die we didn't it didn't end the world and there's this psychologically there is this big space now of like what is the point to life you know like it used to be well go to school get a job get married and then I would feel all this purpose and right now just for all you parents listening your young adult kids don't feel like any of those things are actually going to provide Mine and your feelings about that stuff when we were growing up, the kids don't feel the same about those things anymore. Like having a family does not excite them. It scares the living crap out of them. School isn't exciting either. One of the reasons is it's so expensive. So yeah, I could go get a degree, but that just means right now degree equals debt. Lots of debt. I can go get a job, but things are really expensive right now. Even if I'm working, I can't really afford a house, a new car and a house. Forget about it. That's too much. So one of the problems right now with the young adults is they don't have the hope and the energy around those accomplishments and those things that we used to have. That's one of the reasons they're kind of just standing in place because it's like, what's the point of doing that? Because they can't see and feel. And they have some legit concerns. Like, can you imagine being a 19, 20 year old right now trying to buy a house? Yeah. Like you could, I mean, even in our little small town, a condo right now costs what a three car garage, four bedroom house used to cost, you know, and, and kid, people aren't making exponentially more money at work. So, so all that stuff is real and they're facing it. So one thing that I know is, is essential and important if you want to get your gas tank filled back up, or you want to be able to feel any confidence about moving forward with all this stuff we're worried about and it's hard, it's this. Either find or remember the eternal things that matter. Because right now, anything temporal, we realize 100% now is temporal. There's even, did you know right now with young adults, there's even, I can't remember the wording around it, but they know the world's going to fall apart because of pollution and everything. Like the, the young adults know that we're going to run out of resources, that the world's not, we can just keep doing what we've been doing. So not only do they feel the weight and pressure of um, getting a job is hard and buying a house and being married and having kids, they also are worried about the world not being able to sustain the humans that are on it. So they have this like global weight on top of their individual pressures and weights that they have. And for all of us everywhere, the only answer to all of that is do you know and do you believe and how well are you feeding that that belief that there's eternal things at play that after we're done here on this earth, there's more to it. And, and this earth, yeah, it's going to have a rough ride for a little while, but, but it's going to still exist and there's going to be lots of opportunities and happiness after this temporal experience. So if you feel just a hundred percent in despair because you're looking around and everything seems to be falling apart, well, it's because a lot of things are, So therefore, what's your eternal truths that you either have or that you need to find so that you can hold on to those hopes and those things? 
Because Sean, what you said earlier, there's actually a lot of people in that space right now. Like, man, is this worth it? And it would be really nice just to move on to the next space. Yeah. And I would, there's just a few thoughts that I have that I think would, we would need to mention. And that is, um, you're either going to be feeling really high when you're outside of your window tolerance and you go up and you're anxious and you're panic, that's where you're going to be experiencing your panic, anxious and feelings to the point where, and I've experienced this completely debilitating, right? And then what happens is we drop below uh, and we go and become apathetic and we become, I don't even care. And there's a lot of hopelessness there. And that's where I feel. So you vacillate between those two. I mean, we are going to go into those two, but the idea is to come back to our green brain, to come back where we feel connected with ourselves. We feel like we're, we feel ourselves really when we're in green brain, but is to be able to get back out of those two, the high and the low quicker it's nothing's gone wrong if we go there, but what I'm finding is so many people are getting stuck, dropped. I'm yeah. apathetic. I don't even know. I've tried so many times. I keep trying. It it becomes, and it can be the little things in the day-to-day, but to just, I would say, stay. Stay in your body. Stay, like, just where you're at for today, you know, because um, that stay here on earth today like just stay because learning to feel what's real and what's going on requires you to stay because so many myself included i want to go hide all the time which then it's like what is making me hide there's some shame there there's some despair and um that is where i'm finding a lot of women kind of they look and these are women that you would have no idea they look happy they look like they have all, all the things they look like they have you know they do have many many um, things that are going well in their lives, which just doubles on and adds to the shame and despair. Cause you're thinking my life's great. Why do I feel this way? Yeah. And that, and so the question that kept coming to my mind when, when we were going to talk about this is where are you disconnected? You know, where, cause we've talked about, okay, am I connected to my body? Am I feeling what's going on? Or am I running and, and numbing in certain ways? Am I disconnected from people? Cause I will tell you, there have been so many women this last year that God has been leading into gathering women to laugh, to, to cry, to be all the things, but it requires a doing that. And then also dropping some of the, um, what the word was the word of like being willing to be vulnerable Mm -hmm. and share. And so there's a whole lot here that I feel like I could talk about it for a while because I just feel like that's um, something that's been my struggle and so many women around me um, that maybe we can talk about some other time. Well, you know what? That's a good topic. And this came up actually yesterday with somebody else that came here who we're going to interview on the show is creating community because what you just described is community. Like it's connection through community, getting together, you know, and having that connection with other people and being open and safe and heard. Yeah. Cause I have watched for two and a <coughs> half, the last two and a half years. And there's a story that I could tell maybe one day, but that there's been a lot of darkness for me and confusion and a lot of this. And it is God helped me come back through other women. Yeah. It was other and, and connecting over and not just once or twice, but repeatedly and intentionally and in different formats. And that is how sometimes he's able to answer. And so there's just finding community. We have to have it. And we're just very yeah, isolated. So absolutely. that would be the disconnected. Where are you disconnected? Yeah, I think that's a great question. Where are you disconnected? <clears throat> what community can you join or create? 
yourself. Which I'm finding it's creating. Because yeah. even if you go, are you interacting? Yeah. Are, you are you there you to being... consume or yeah, are you in, are you creating when you're there? Yeah. Yeah, are you contributing and yeah, the community is uh, a big one. Well, we hope this has been helpful for today. We hope that you've had some thoughts around how to balance things out, how to reconnect so that your energy can start moving back up so you can start filling those tanks back up. That's what I did this last week and it really did change and help. And I feel I feel my tanks aren't full, but they're definitely not empty anymore like they were last week. Um, again, we hope the podcast is being helpful. We look forward to you reaching out and asking questions. Remember how to reach out to us. Our, our website is admission. No, that's not. That's our email. Got the wrong one. Our website's irongatetherapy.com. So you can learn more about what we do here with young adults. Um, our email is admissions at allgrownup.com. And our phone number is 435-868-8391. And so reach out with any questions or comments. We're starting to get comments from people actually all over the country. I got a new email last night from a mom who said, I love, love, love the podcast. So that was awesome to see that. And she asked a couple other questions. But... Until next time, keep going, and we look forward to being with you again.